Monsanto interestingly does warn to not ingest or digest Roundup, which seems kind of obvious, and it warns not to put it in your eyes or that you may have agitation with your skin, but to date they haven't warned that it may be linked to cancer, that it may cause non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. From the Carlson Law Firm, welcome to Season 1 of The Verdict, a podcast about the laws and processes that shape the real courtroom outcomes of personal injury cases. I'm your host, Keja Conway. My name is Joe Craven. I'm an associate attorney at the Carlson Law Firm working in our mass torts department. Joe is one of the attorneys handling our Roundup Cancer lawsuit cases. So Roundup has been around since 1974. Um, It's an herbicide that's designed to kill weeds when you're trying to grow different um, agricultural items. It's used on both massive scales, but also homeowners spraying weeds in their flower beds or in their driveway. Each year, billions of pounds of Roundup are sprayed on perennial weeds everywhere. In fact, Roundup is the most popular herbicide in the world. Its active ingredient, glyphosate, is one of the most efficient weed killers of all time. However, there is plenty of scientific evidence that glyphosate is also the cause of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Roundup has actually been in litigation for several years now. Uh, There's an MDL in California, a multi-district litigation, a consolidation of a lot of the Roundup cases out there. Can you tell us what non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is? So NHL, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, is a cancer that affects your lymphocytes, a specific subset of your white blood cells. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is the sixth most common cancer in the United States. In 2018, doctors diagnosed about 74,000 people with NHL, and almost 20,000 people die from the disease each year. NHL affects the lymphatic system, a part of the body's immune system. Much like any other cancer, the prognosis of a patient largely depends on when the cancer is caught. What is the correlation between Roundup and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? The correlation really goes back to one of its main ingredients, glyphosate. Glyphosate has been in Roundup since it was first made back in the 70s. In 2015, the International Agency for Research on Cancer published the results of a year-long study which found a link between glyphosate and cancer. And that's what really sparked this whole litigation process, that that notification that an active ingredient in Roundup, a product used by all sorts of people all across the country, all across the world, could be linked to cancer. The MDL trial that Joe mentioned actually brought a big victory for Roundup plaintiffs. On March 27, 2019, a six-person jury in San Francisco awarded $80 million to Eric Hardiman, a man who asserts Roundup caused his non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It is the second case that a jury has ruled against Bayer Monsanto to the tune of millions of dollars. In the first case, a California jury awarded a groundskeeper named Dwayne Johnson almost $300 million. The award was so high because the jury was able to factor in punitive damages. But the Hardeman case is one of three cases that will examine different aspects of the science against Roundup and the conspiratorial evidence against Bayer Monsanto. Is there evidence that Roundup's manufacturer, Monsanto, knew about the dangers in the product's active ingredient? Yeah, and that's one of the big issues as to why the 
case going on was bifurcated, that the judge wanted the jury to focus on causation, not necessarily did Monsanto know about it or not. The plaintiffs brought up the argument that bifurcating the case was unfair because the jurors may be led to believe that glyphosate wasn't dangerous um, simply because it wasn't unre- or simply because it was unregulated for so long. It's important to note here the distinction in who regulates pesticides. The EPA ensures pesticides are safe for human health and the environment. The EPA also sets exposure limits. The FDA, on the other hand, is responsible for pesticide residue limits that the EPA sets in food. There are currently no occupational exposure limits for glyphosate, which would be enforced by OSHA. There are several emails that the judge in the MDL made public by unsealing in the court records that Monsanto officials made comments about ghostwriting certain reports, certain studies that almost um, covered up their knowledge of glyphosate being linked to cancer. The judge made a ruling, uh, the science that's being hammered out, I think is how you referred to it, (laughs) judge made a ruling to bifurcate that first trial. Um, And really all that means is it's being divided into two parts. Step one, is there science that shows Roundup is linked to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? And if so, then we move on to step two to determine damages. So can the outcome of either of the phases in the bifurcated MDLs affect how non-Hodgkin's lymphoma Roundup claims move forward? Absolutely. Um, the, The point of the MDLs is to efficiently move through a, a large group of cases that it's it's different from a class action in the sense that everyone has their own unique story to be told but in order to tell thousands of stories that are being consolidated into whether it be a federal MDL or state consolidation the judge makes a series of rulings that impact all the cases if the bifurcation in the specific trial that's going on, the Hardeman trial, if phase one goes against the plaintiffs, then that case is over. The, the jury is making a ruling that, no, it doesn't look like glyphosate is linked to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, therefore the case is over. It doesn't make sense to proceed to the damages question because there's no causation ruling. That kind of ruling doesn't kill the whole MDL. It doesn't kill all the cases going on. But what it does do is set almost a precedent to Monsanto or Bayer now that they're capable of getting successful rulings, that they don't have that um, mentality that they're going to be hit with several different trials in a row of causation rulings against them for the plaintiffs. So could that hurt the possibility of them wanting to settle some of these cases? Yeah, that if they start to get on a roll and have several different verdicts um, or several different jury responses of, no, we don't think glyphosate is linked to not Hodgkin's, then they don't have that incentive to settle. If they start getting several that say, yes, it is linked, yes, it is linked, yes, it is linked, that may lead to some sort of settlement. But much like the Dwayne Johnson case... The Hardeman case did go in the favor of those who are pursuing claims against Bayer Monsanto. 
With the causation question out of the way, the question of whether or not Monsanto worked to cover up the damning science will come into the court's focus. If I can kill a specific review, a specific study that was sparked by the IARC alert of glyphosate being probably carcinogenic to humans, um, then that person should deserve a medal. That was an email between Monsanto and uh, some sort of official indicating that, hey, I'm going to try to help you guys out, essentially. But it wasn't just a single official in the Environmental Protection Agency who worked to slow a federal safety review of the top-selling herbicide. It was several. Emails obtained through the Freedom of Information Act show that in early 2015, the EPA and Monsanto began working together to stall a toxicology review of glyphosate by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Monsanto doesn't want this information to taint the jury, which is why it asked for the MDL bifurcation. Why is there such widespread controversy over glyphosate's carcinogenic properties? That really goes back to a little bit of the Monsanto cover-up, but also the IARC um, study that came out. And the the judge in the MDL has kind of touched on that several times throughout his Daubert rulings, indicating that the IARC classification of glyphosate as a probable carcinogen to humans is really what is just called a hazard assessment, not necessarily a risk assessment. The IARC is a division of the World Health Organization put together to do studies to really determine is something a hazard, yes or no, not necessarily is it a risk. The risk goes into more the math side of things, if you will, really how much glyphosate is needed to be linked to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma versus can glyphosate cause non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. What are some of the professional backgrounds of our clients? We represent a wide variety of individuals. The classic examples of Roundup users are farmers, agriculture users, people who use it in massive quantities that are spraying it every day. However, there are also homeowners, I'm sure walking through the department stores or Home goods stores, people see Roundup on shelves up and down the aisles. Homeowners use it on a regular basis. I'm sure several people just have bottles of it sitting in their sheds or in their backyards. We represent a lot of those people as well that don't necessarily spray it every day, but have been exposed to it on a regular basis throughout the last several years and over the course of their lives. Many of the Carlson Law Firm's clients were exposed to Roundup for decades, But the first case to ever challenge Bayer Monsanto on the safety of its product is one example of just how badly needed glyphosate needs to be regulated for occupational exposure limits. So the first Roundup trial to actually go from start to finish occurred out in a state court in California within the last couple months. Um, The plaintiff's name was Dwayne Johnson. He was a groundskeeper for a school district out in California. And that case is a little bit different than the one moving forward right now, not just from different plaintiff perspective, but in the sense that the court is handling the case in a much different way. The Dwayne Johnson case is being handled different procedurally compared to the current case going on in the federal MDL in the sense that the federal MDL has bifurcated the trial. The Johnson trial was not bifurcated. 
really what that means is in the Johnson case, the jury, at the same time they were hearing all the causation arguments, also got to hear about Monsanto's emails and cover-ups and everything we were just talking about. That rather than having two separate questions um, and being able to determine how Monsanto's actions linked up to the different federal agencies' reports, the federal MDL case is only hearing the, the scientific side of everything, that they're not having the chance to hear the full picture at once. That's part of the reason why the judge in the Johnson case reduced that nearly $300 million verdict to about $79 million. Part of the damages awarded in the Johnson case were punitive damages, essentially damages not to make Mr. Johnson whole as a result of the injuries Monsanto caused him, but damages designed to punish Monsanto for their wrongful actions, for their cover-up, for their emails linked to covering up knowing that they knew about the science. The punitive damages were close to $250 million, but the judge, after the verdict, reduced them down to a number equal to, I believe, the, the compensatory damages. So it was closer to $30, $35 million. So did Monsanto actually know that its product was a carcinogen? Well, the short of it is that there is evidence that Monsanto has known that its product was linked to cancer for decades. Despite this, the company has actively worked to beat back these allegations against its product since at least the 1980s. In 1984, the U.S. EPA was on the brink of labeling glyphosate as a possible carcinogen, but Monsanto refused to let that happen. The company hired its own scientist to look over the test EPA toxicology experts conducted. Eventually, the scientists hired by Monsanto found tumors in the rats that weren't given doses of glyphosate. The tumors were in line with the rats that had been given glyphosate by EPA toxicology experts. This led to the EPA backing off its initial inclination that glyphosate was dangerous to humans. The Huffington Post ran a great piece on this. You can find the link in the show notes. Does the fact that Monsanto warns about glyphosate getting in your mouth or your eyes, does it help or hurt these cases? Having a warning on a product in products liability or just general negligence cases, you could look at it as a pro or a con. A pro in the sense that the defendant is essentially saying, yes, my product is associated with this disease, this cancer. Um, the con is that they may be trying to narrow the scope of their warning, that they're trying to say, yes, it is carcinogenic, but only in these extreme circumstances, such as someone who's a farmer who sprays gallons and gallons of Roundup all the time. But couldn't the argument be made that if I'm spraying something and it's windy outside that it could go into my mouth or into my eyes or something. Absolutely. There are people who live next to farms that have Roundup sprayed on them on a very regular basis. They may be the homeowner who only sprays it on the weed sitting in their driveway every now and then. But exposure is exposure. If you're being exposed to that much of the product, the studies show that you have an increased risk of developing non-Hodgkin's. What studies are those? There are several experts testifying in the, or expected to testify in this upcoming trial 
that um, are extremely confident in the links, to say the least, that while others, including Monsanto's experts, are saying that the link isn't there at all or that the link is a very, very small one, the experts that the plaintiffs expect to have testimony from are all doing their independent studies to do their own epidemiological studies indicating that glyphosate is linked to non-Hodgkin's. Why are product liability attorneys important? Product liability attorneys are important to help people the way any personal injury attorney does. Thankfully, our firm is made up of a lot of caring personal injury attorneys that understand the importance of having someone's story told that people get hurt by someone or something else. And product liabilities are specifically important because those companies that hurt other people are oftentimes the big bad companies that have a lot of money that can put up a fight just to try to make something go away. We're here to make sure those people's stories don't just get swept under the rug, that those stories, pe- those people's stories are told. And what is the importance of pursuing claims against companies who make defective products? We want to make sure that any company, whether it be an individual company, um, is held accountable for the negligence or defective products that they put out into the general public. Why should a person consider filing a Roundup lawsuit? Uh, Someone should consider filing a Roundup claim if they or a loved one has been using Roundup for quite some time or even the people who use it on a a weekly or monthly basis and have been diagnosed with some sort of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Non-Hodgkin's has several different subcategories, but um, anytime someone's diagnosed with cancer, it's obviously a a life-altering status. It isn't something to be taken lightly, but if there's a specific cause out there that they think is linked to their non-Hodgkins, they should deserve justice for it. All right. And on what grounds can a person bring a claim against Monsanto or I think it's Bayer now, right? Right. Bayer bought out Monsanto. There are several different theories alleged in the complaints against Monsanto, but there's the negligence theories, which essentially were they acting reasonable? Did they know or should have known about the link of glyphosate to non-Hodgkins? And with that knowledge, did they act like a reasonable company would have? Um, So that's the negligence side, but also the product liability side goes to the defective design, the defective manufacturing process the absence of a warning. There are several different quote-unquote product liability claims. There's design defect, manufacturing defect, or failure to warn. Um, All of those have been alleged in these roundup cases, and each one of them is up for trial. Chemicals should be toxic to their intended targets, not to humans. As roundup moves through the court system, it may be time for us to reevaluate glyphosate's presence in our crops, in our food, and in the workplace. Visit us at carlsonattorneys.com where we offer valuable resources on the topic you just listened to. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and recommend us to your friends. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching The Carlson Law Firm. 
And as always, if you're in need of a personal injury attorney, give us a call at 1-800-359-5690. We are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We care and we can help.